are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, and we've got a deep dive coming into Brandon Ingram here. I want to look at him and how he can prove offensively, if there's anywhere, what he needs to do on the defensive side of the ball. And you saw some good things from him in that Heat game, um, the first preseason game for the Pelicans, but that's an area he does need to improve on. But specifically what? And then we're going to take a look at some of the odds for the Pelicans in these end-of-season awards, the NBA futures, the betting odds, and what's it say about the team. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Pelicans. So Zion Williamson kind of gets all of the press, the publicity around the league, and and rightfully so. He's a very exciting player. He's going to be very good. He looks healthy going into this season. That's a really important thing. But flying under the radar to some degree is Brandon Ingram, except here in New Orleans. And B.I. is probably the better player. He's been in the league longer. I mean, he should be. He was an all-star last year. He was the most improved player. And if he plays like he did in that preseason game against the Miami Heat, you're looking at a guy who would easily be on one of the all-NBA teams. So he is the best player on the team. And you even saw possessions where the offense was running through him. So as far as the Pelican season goes, you know, sometimes it's easier to game plan and scheme bigs out of the out of an impact. And you see with Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, let's say with the Utah Jazz, you can probably to some degree, at least this season, do the same thing to Zion Williamson. It's going to be harder to do that for Brandon Ingram and it makes him the best player on the team. And so what I'm saying is as the Pelican season goes, probably so does Brandon Ingram. If he's playing very well, they should be in contention and be winning games. And if he's not, and he's not having the impact that we hope he will, they're probably not going to be a good team. Probably more so than what's happening to Zion Williamson. So I wanted to take this episode to really look at him because this is the guy that's kind of really the man, I think, for this New Orleans Pelicans team. So we're going to look at what he can do offensively and what he can do defensively. Let's start offensively because Frankly, not not a ton more you want to see out of him. This is a guy who averaged career highs across the board last season and really reinvented his shot profile. If there was one thing going into last season you wanted to see him do more of, it was take more threes and hit them. Well, he did that big time. Two years ago in his final season with the Lakers, he took threes 13% of the time. Last year, he shot the three ball 35% of the time. And he did this while shooting 39%, a a 6% increase from the season before. It's a big jump and he completely, completely reinvented his shot profile by taking more threes. He shoots the mid-range well and so I'm not really going to complain a ton about him shooting, you know, 10%, 11% of his shots are those long twos, that 16-footer to 24-foot range. Um, in that 10 to 16 range, he shoots it about 17% of the time. He shoots well from both of those. So again, you don't really look for him to kind of reinvent anything. It's just improve slightly, and he's certainly capable of doing exactly that. If you are looking for any change in his shot profile, it's to cut down on that 3 to 10 foot range. He does this about 13% of the time and he only shot 37% from there. That 
across the league is like the worst place to shoot the ball. I'd rather have him take that 10 to 16 footer as opposed to that three to 10 footer because basically everyone shoots worse there. And that's where BI shoots the worst. And if you can turn those into shots at the rim where he shot 60, where he shoots career wise, 66%, it's just going to make him that much more efficient. But at that point, you're kind of splitting hairs and it shouldn't be that big of a deal. His shot selection is very, very good. He's a three level scorer. He can get a shot off from anywhere. That's what you want. You need a guy like that who can close out games for you because you can't really game plan him out because he's capable of just scoring from every single spot. So where can he improve offensively? And I think the obvious spot is in terms of his playmaking and his passing. The Pelicans, or not, uh, sorry, the Lakers used him kind of as a point guard before. And you saw the Pelicans running the offense through him a lot in that preseason game. He wasn't kind of relegated to a side role or a spot up shooter or anything like that. He was the focal point. I like that, and I think that's where he can really improve. If you look at him last year, he's he's a good passer. He averaged 4.2 assists per game last season. He had uh, the amount of potential assists he could have had is eight. So about uh, four more per game is not a reasonable thing to expect, but certainly two more. He's a guy who could probably get up to six assists per game. He's going to do this with a couple of different ways. One is passing out of double teams like you saw against the Miami Heat. It's calm, cool, collected in that type of situation, reads the defense well, and has kind of a bunch of different types of passes in his repertoire. He's got good length, right? He's basically like a seven-foot dude here, and he can throw the ball over the head of a double team and get it to a guy out there on the perimeter. So those cross-court passes, skip passes, what have you he can make those and he's capable of being a threat that way the thing that he needs to work on and this is where you see the fact that he could have had significantly more um, assists than he did is he's got to get the the ball to guys in their spots that they like this means understanding the tendencies of your teammates knowing where they like to get the ball and trying to put the ball there and making sure they're in those spots too it's not so much to just get the ball and they're open so shoot it if that's not a shot that the type of the player tends to hit or tends to like you've got to get them the ball in their spots on the court and that by itself will increase the amount of assists that he has and make his teammates efficient players and make this offense much more efficient. If there's one spot for Brandon Ingram to approve upon, it is that. He's got everything else. Like This is a pretty complete offensive player. Again, he looks like baby Kevin Durant out there. And if he can improve the passing, that would be good. His assist to pass percentage, so taking all of the passes that he makes in a game, and then the percentage of those that are assists, is 10.5%. That's the same amount as Lonzo Ball last year. Increase that slightly, and he needs to because Drew Holiday is not there, who led the team with this at 12% last season, is going to only make him a better player, and it's going to help this offense. And they need that kind of creation and that creator in there, particularly without Drew Holiday. You'll get some of that from Eric Bledsoe, but you just need it from the best player on the team, which is B.I. right now, and I think he's capable of doing it. He made 40 passes per game last season. Up that a little bit, increase the assists, and you're going to see a guy who's going to be a very efficient and well-rounded basketball player that's going to push for an all-NBA spot. So he's very good offensively, obviously. So what can he do defensively to become that kind of two-way player you hope he can be and to kind of unlock a player that Stan Van Gundy says exists there? Let's take a look at that coming up here in the next segment of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These things are delicious. That's why they're the best. Not only are they good for you, they taste really good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are soft. They're easy to chew. They come in delicious flavors like German chocolate cake, peanut butter brownie, toffee almond, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. I could go on and on and on. These things are awesome and I eat one daily. And they're great for someone who's looking to lose or maintain weight because these bars are low. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They have some that come with 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein, still a good amount, and just 130 calories. It's pretty much lower than any other bar that's got 250, 300 calories that you're going to find out there. So give them a try. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you've listened to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So we just spoke about Brandon Ingram offensively, but defensively, what can he do to improve? And I think that is the biggest area that we'd like to see a jump from him. He's going to be able to do it offensively, but this Pelicans team is going to live and die by their defense. And Brandon Ingram taking a step forward is definitely going to be a big, big part of that. He showed off. A few things a little bit differently, I thought, in the game against the Miami Heat. And while we talked about him offensively mainly, there were certainly a couple of things he did well defensively. And I want to take a look at some of that and see if he's going to be able to replicate some of this throughout the regular season. So Ingram had three steals in that game, and this isn't an area that he's particularly great at, but he probably should be better than he is. He averaged one steal per game last year, which is career high for him. Um, and he averages 0.7 for his career. With the Lakers, he only averaged 0.6. So getting that number up would be a very good thing. So even if it doesn't make a big leap to you know a ton of steals per game, and no one has a ton of steals per game. The fact that he, if it increases, means he's getting his arms in the passing lanes more, he's trying more, and that disrupts an offense. That's an important thing to try and do. And you saw it against the Miami Heat. Arms in the passing lanes. He's got unbelievable wingspan. Just stick your arm out in there sometimes and kind of knock the ball loose a little bit. That's some of the important thing to try and do. And by just disrupting that offense, you're going to slow them down, kind of take them out of their rhythm. Even getting those arms out there maybe means they don't make that pass that would lead to a scoring opportunity. So just the simple act of trying a little bit more helps this defense. It's going to help him get stops and lead to teams playing less efficient basketball against him. If he can jump that steal per game up to 1.2, heck, even one and a half, it starts to get him towards elite territory. He can almost do this by accident. Like he's got that much length out there of just putting your arms in the passing lanes and trying to learn when to tie, kind of time and poke the ball loose. Something like Jimmy Butler is really good at really helps him uh, improve. But I'm just looking for him to be a little bit more disruptful, not even that much of an efficient like defensive stalwart. Just a guy who's just a little bit more would really do a great job with him. The other big area that I think he can make immediate improvement in is defending shots a little bit better. He, for all his length doesn't contest nearly as much as he should or as well as he should and some of the numbers bear this out to a degree he 
is a guy I think that kind of gets lazy on that side of the ball at times because, oh, I'm so tall, I'm just going to stick my arm up and that should could I kind of do the trick. And it doesn't. He doesn't contest shots all of that well. Hand over the face, getting really right up in there, and it's hopefully just going to rely on his length to kind of get up there and either block shots, contest shots, and he's not much of a shot blocker and he doesn't need to be at the position that he plays, but he seems like he could do a little bit more on that end. I'm going by the defended field goal attempt stats here. Team shot 3.4 defended shots against him last season. They shot 62.3%. It's a bad, 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 bad number. Some of that's at the rim, but out there on the perimeter, being just a little bit lazy, a little bit more engaged, trying to anticipate when the shot is coming and contesting it better and using that length he has to alter shots is going to lead to teams missing. He has all the tools to be good defensively and he's just got to try and be engaged a little bit more so not being lazy on closeouts not being lazy on just sticking your arm up and trying to contest that way but really getting into the person that you're defending would go a long way towards making him a much more well-rounded player and on the final note with it and you saw better from him in this against the Miami Heat getting through screens Teams are going to want to run the Pelicans through all sorts of pick and rolls to kind of get a mismatch or get that length from Ingram off of them or Zion off of them and get a favorable matchup. And you've got to fight through screens. The Pelicans were horrible at this last year outside of Drew Holiday. This is about some strength. I don't think it's a ton about strength, but it's more just willing to fight through that and kind of the grind that it is and knowing it's going to hurt and kind of trying to knock that guy over or get through that screen to go for the right way. Going under and giving up three-point shots to good shooters just because it's the easy thing to do. Bad move. Going over and then hustling to recover after going over that screen to take away the three-point shot, that's what a lot of the time is going to work a little bit better. But if you're committed to doing that, if you half-ass it, it's an easy rim run for that offensive player. He fought through screens better. He was more engaged against the Miami Heat. That is something that I am hopeful he can keep up all season long and is willing to do all season long maybe that you know and it's not just kind of a flash in the pan you don't want to see him come out and do this to start the year and then be like okay I'm tired I don't want to do this anymore if you're engaged on the defensive side of the ball if you're trying hard every single possession you're going to see big improvements from Brandon Ingram but it's a big if He's saying all the right things. He seems committed to it this offseason. Seems to like that they're drilling this into the team. That they're going through more grueling practices, grindy practices. I'm hopeful we're going to get to see this from him because that is how he really takes the next step as a player by improving defensively through some of those things. Coming up, where do some of the Pelicans rank in the end-of-season award odds? Are they in a good position or are they in a bad position? We're going to take a look at that coming up here in the third segment of Locked On Pelicans, so stay tuned. Some of these, I think there's people who have chances, some not so much, and I'll explain who, who that is and why. The season is almost upon us, and the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the year with a special week this week of team preview podcasts all week long. I was on there yesterday talking about the Southwest Division and giving my Pelicans preview. Plus, you're getting waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from Draft Guru Chad Ford. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts, and do not miss this week's worth of shows. 
So end of season awards in the odds that you get right now sometimes kind of give you an idea of what people kind of expect from certain teams, certain players, certain coaches even. And now that Locked On has entered into an exclusive deal with betonline.ag. And you're going to be hearing more about them in the future. Uh, I, w- I was curious, who's got like some of the Coach of the Year awards? What about scoring leader awards and all of that? And where do the Pelicans kind of stand in this? So I wanted to start with Coach of the Year because... It's frankly a good barometer of what Vegas and others might think the Pelicans will do. Their their season win line is kind of easy. You know, we know what that is. It's basically 50, 500 basketball. But if they get to that level, you know, Stan Van Gundy's not going to be in coach of the year running. Coach of the year is either going to go to one of the coaches of the best teams in either the East or the West, you know, a deep playoff team in theory, or a team that really surprised and had a big jump in wins. The Pelicans are obviously going to be more part of the latter. So when you look at some of the odds here, Steve Nash comes in one, Ty Lue second, Monty Williams third, Brad Stevens, Eric Spolstra, Frank Vogel, Rick Carlisle, Doc Rivers, then Stan Van Gundy. That puts Stan Van Gundy ninth, tenth um, here in the odds for coach of the year. It's at least, you know, the top third. I think that's pretty good. And when you look at some of the other names, Steve Nash, Ty Lue, Brad Stevens, Spolstra, and so on, those are all coaches on good teams. The only other guy in this list right there is Monty Williams, who's taking over a Suns team that didn't make the, or who's already taken over a Suns team that didn't make the playoffs, but added Chris Paul and is expected to make a leap. I think that if it ends up going to, you know, so I think there's some way that Stan Van Gundy has a chance at this, but you'd have to expect that the Pelicans are better than the Suns this year if you want to see him win. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but if things go wrong for the Suns and the Pelicans make a dramatic jump up, Stan Van Gundy could win. But otherwise, I think this one's probably going to be a little bit out of his reach in terms of the scoring leader i thought this was kind of interesting that brandon ingram is getting the same odds plus 5000 as zion williamson is james harden's one luka Doncic is two then Giannis, then lillard then curry then booker russell westbrook we don't need to go any further basically i don't think either of those two guys has a chance to lead the league in scoring it's going to be about 30 points per game i don't know if Things go really well for New Orleans, and if they get to the line a lot, and maybe this is what's going to really make or break it for both either of these two guys is, I could see one of them getting to 30 points per game if Tuggins are getting to the line a ton, and they are getting, you know, 10 free throws per night, something like that, eight free throws per night. That could really help both of them. I think it's actually pretty decent odds at plus 5,000. Like, there's some value in there, I think, on both of these guys, but clearly still a little bit of a long shot for the um, scoring leader for both of them. I took a quick look at the average rebounds per game leader, Andre Drummond being number one, then Giannis, then Rudy Gobert. That's no real surprise. I thought it was interesting and smart that they put Steven Adams at plus 6,600, and that's ahead of Zion Williamson, who's plus 8,000. Smart. They realize the importance that Steven Adams has here. And though his rebounding numbers have been great the past couple of years, he was clearly boxing out for Russell Westbrook a lot and not um, trying to grab the boards himself. He's going to be able to grab the boards himself there. Plus 6,600. Not amazing odds, but it's not bad odds either. And if you're feeling like taking a flyer, not that I'm encouraging you to, there's there's worse people on that list that I think you could go after in this one. So I kind of liked him, um, but I don't think he's going to get the exact numbers or some of the playing time that he'd need to try and win that award. In terms of individuals here, Brandon Ingram's got a points per game over under of 23 and a half. 
And well, over that number is favored. I think that's pretty encouraging to see from him. For Zion Williamson, his over-under for points per game in the regular season is 25 and a half, and the over is favored on that too. If it's over both those numbers and those guys are basically being close to like 25, 26 point per game scores, I'm going to be very, very excited. I'm sure you all would be too, because that sounds really good. Pelicans, by the way, no one really in the running for defensive player of the year in this one. Um, in terms of six man of the year, not really anyone other than JJ Redick, who's at plus 8,000, but they, they don't have a candidate for it here. I thought what's kind of interesting is both Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are kind of on the short list, though long odds for regular season MVP. It's Luka, Giannis, Steph, AD, LeBron James, Lillard. You've got Zion at plus 6,600. And then Brandon Ingram at plus 10,000. I don't think Brandon Ingram at plus 10,000 is awful. If he's an all-star and all-NBA guy and this team somehow surprises, he's going to be the person that kind of gets the, the look at that. But... Yeah, I, I wouldn't put any money on this one. Then finally, the the other player that's worth mentioning in some of this as very long odds to win an award would be Rookie of the Year. Kyra Lewis Jr. coming in at plus 5,500, basically 18th um, out of all the guys out there. LaMelo Ball is one, Anthony Edwards two, tied with James Wiseman, then Obi Toppin and Killian Hayes, and then Tyrese Halliburton, who we were all probably hoping fell to the Pelicans. Um, but I think this is more due to Kyra Lewis Jr. just not going to get the minutes to really go out there and play and kind of show what he's capable of doing but as long as he just improves a little bit over the course of the season ends up better than he did at the start of the year we're all going to be pretty happy with that so no pelicans really in the running for a very big award i think the guy who maybe has the best chance could be stan van gundy but he's probably going to have to beat out money williams in terms of kind of the the narrative and everything that goes along with that so i don't know it's going to probably be a quiet year maybe this tempers your expectations a little bit but big thank you to uh betonline.ag for those odds and being able to check that out as well so that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans thank you all very much for listening tomorrow on the show we'll do an advanced stats breakdown what stats do i use why what do they try and say and give you a little bit more context to all of that i don't want to be speaking a different language than you all and a couple of you have really requested we do something like this we'll also preview the game the home preseason opener against the milwaukee bucks um we'll talk about who's playing who's not so stay tuned for that tomorrow as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow